to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Girl, we are talking about a topic that has been all over the place lately. I feel like it just like came about again, maybe because summer is in the air. I don't really know. It's been on the table for a long time, but what we're chatting about is intermittent fasting. But we are taking a different spin on it, and we're talking about it based on your cycle phases because obviously. And I wanted to start this episode out with the intention is I am not going to be sitting here and saying that fasting in general in any capacity is completely bad and that there shouldn't be any form of fasting. And we're going to be really just talking about how you can figure out a way that it works best for you and your body and when it's most effective, when it's least effective, what it actually does in your body. I really, my intention is for you to get super clear on intermittent fasting, what it actually does in your body instead of listening to influencers or people on social media that are talking about it, that studies are done on men or postmenopausal women and that aren't actually in the same place that you are with a reproductive aged woman or a person who is assigned female at birth right now who is trying to support their hormones and their health and maybe you're not seeing the results that you want and maybe part of that is because you were doing intermittent fasting that is not actually supporting you. So let's just start at the top and talk about fasting in general. Yes, of course, I believe that we need some form of fasting because when you're eating around the clock, your body stays in storage mode, right? It's constantly taking in food, which means that it could never burn sugar or burn fat. So what we need to do is make sure that we definitely have certain points of fasting so that we're not constantly eating. So that way our body can move into energy mode and fat burning mode instead of storage mode. But with that being said, I do not subscribe to, and I do not believe that 15, 16, 17, 18, 24 hour fasts are what's beneficial for the majority of people who are reproductive aged women who are trying to work on their hormone health, their fertility, their period health, all the things. So what I always tell my clients is to look for a window of about 12 to 13 hours of not eating a fast from dinner to breakfast. That is a great place for you to be with 12 to 13 hours, which is pretty easy depending on what time you eat dinner. If you eat dinner at 6 p.m., then you would have breakfast at 7 a.m. Or if you eat dinner at 7 p.m., then you'd have breakfast at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Like That's a really great marker because you're giving yourself the space to be in that fasting mode, but you're not doing it so much in a way that it is negatively impacting your hormones. Because what happens is when we do fast for too long, say we're doing a 15, 16, 20 hour fast, it negatively impacts our cortisol levels and our blood sugar. And the reason why it's really impacting your entire body when your cortisol and your insulin levels are um, being jacked up is because those are top two tier hormones, right? So those are top tier hormones, not top two tier. A lot of T's going on. Those are top tier hormones. And the doctor, not doctor, wow. I am struggling with my words today, but we're just moving on. Let's keep it going. 
the book um, Fixer Period by Nicole Jardim. She was also on this podcast. I will link it below. But she talks about how cortisol and insulin are top tier hormones, which means when those are out of balance, if your cortisol levels get out of balance, if your insulin levels get out of balance, that means that it's going to cause a domino effect, a cascade where it is now going to affect our other sex hormones. It will affect our estrogen, our pregnenolone, our progesterone, our DHEA. It's going to cause a problem for all of our other hormones because those ones, when they're out of whack, it's just a mess for everybody. So when we're fasting for that long, it causes our cortisol levels to be impacted in a negative way because when you go too long without food, it is a stress on the body and our cortisol level is a stress hormone. So when we go, say we wake up in the morning at like 6 a.m. or something, and then maybe maybe you're having coffee or hopefully you're having warm lemon water, but I'm just gonna give an example, right? Maybe you're having pre-workout or maybe you're having coffee, maybe you're working out, maybe you're not eating till like 10 a.m. or even till lunch. All of those hours without food is a stress on the body. So it is causing your cortisol levels to be activated, to raise up. And so does the pre-workout or the caffeine or the lack of sleep or the over-exercising. All of these things are also stressed on the body. And when we wake up in the morning, our cortisol levels are naturally higher when things are in rhythm because that, yes, it's our stress hormone, but it's also the hormone that wakes us up in the morning. So when we are going that long without food, it is causing your cortisol levels to be raised up on top of all the other things that are naturally raising, not naturally, but that are raising it up as a result of the stress that we have going on in the morning, the caffeine, the rushing around, the lack of sleep, um, the over-exercising, maybe you're in traffic, whatever it is, right? And what happens is when your cortisol level is too high, it puts you in fat storage mode. So most people are like, okay, I'm going to go X amount of hours without eating because less calories, it's making me burn more fat, it's causing me to lose weight, that's what people are telling me to do. And what's actually happening is that you are storing fat because when you go that long without food, it also negatively impacts, or it it shouldn't say negatively impacts, it also stimulates our hunger hormones, our leptin and our ghrelin hormones. So it's causing your body to feel really hungry because your body's like, what's happening? Where's the food? So then when you do eat, it's causes your body to hold on to the fat that you're consuming, the calories that you're consuming, because your body thinks that you're in a famine. Your body doesn't understand that you are have food available. So it's like whenever I finally do get food, because it's been 20 freaking hours without it, whenever I finally do get food, I am holding on to that shit because I don't know when she's going to feed me again. So it is doing the opposite of what you actually want it to be doing. And if your cortisol is imbalanced, by the way, you could experience some symptoms of anxiety, low energy, insomnia, or sleep disturbances, that like wired and tired feeling at night. You could even experience sugar cravings and brain fog. These are some symptoms you could be experiencing if your cortisol is out of balance. Um, and also what happens with this um, intermittent fasting is when your cortisol levels are constantly raised up, remember fasting for that amount of hours is a stress on the body, your body is having to continuously produce cortisol. And in order for our body to continuously produce cortisol, it uses our sex hormone progesterone to produce more cortisol. And if you are a listener on this podcast for a while and you are here every Tuesday and Friday with me, you know that progesterone is essential for overall health. It is the sex hormone that holds on to and nourishes a pregnancy. It also is our like relaxing hormone. It helps you better able to handle stress. It helps you sleep better. It helps your hair, skin, nails, your 
metabolism, your thyroid. It helps prevent endometrial cancer. It helps prevent osteoporosis because it supports your bones. I mean, it is freaking essential. And so many women that I work with have low progesterone levels, either because they're not regularly ovulating, and of course this means that you are not on hormonal birth control, or they are ovulating, but they are being stripped of progesterone for being so stressed out and their body is continuously using whatever progesterone they made from ovulating to produce more cortisol. And what this could look like symptomatic wise could be heavy periods, painful periods. Um, it could look like um, anxiety. It could look like stress that like you feel like you can't handle it all. It could look like recurrent miscarriages or trouble conceiving. Like these are all, it could look like even brown spotting in your period or clumpiness in your period. Because when you don't have enough progesterone, you now have estrogen in excess in relation to that progesterone level, progesterone levels. So you will present with excess estrogen symptoms. It could look like migraines, acne, all those things. So these are the things that are happening when we're going so long without food. Now, another thing that I do want to touch on before we talk about how you can um, like manage this based off your cycle phase, because it does change, is that our reproductive function is very connected to our metabolic function. Like they go hand in hand, just like our metabolic metabolic function is connected to our reproductive function. So anytime that our body is going in that starvation mode from fasting for too long, it goes into preserve and protect mode. Again, where it's holding on to that weight to survive a famine, it thinks it's going on. And like I said before, that is increasing your production of our hunger hormones. So you feel super hungry, you rush out to get food, and it slows down your non-essential functions such as reproduction to keep you alive and not waste energy on growing a baby because our reproductive system is not something that's vital to our survival. Is it vital to us having optimal health and feeling as best as we can possibly feel? One million percent. But it's not like our heart where if it stops, we will immediately die. So it is something that will get turned off. It will slow down those non-essential functions because again, your body thinks that you are in a famine. So it's going to turn off whatever it needs to in order to conserve as much energy as possible. So if your body thinks you don't have enough food, which means you can't, it won't, it doesn't think that you will be able to properly grow a child, it's going to turn your reproductive system off. Even if you're like, Karina, but I'm not trying to get a baby going on right now. I'm not trying to have a child. Your body doesn't freaking know the difference. So it's going to turn off your ovulation. It's going to jack up your hormones. It's going to cause all these problems because it's like, she doesn't have the freaking energy to have a baby right now. So this is what happens when we are fasting for too long. So permission freaking granted to eat breakfast within an hour to 90 minutes of waking up. It is going to serve you. I know it's hard to wrap your head around when we hear all of these things all the time about going so long without food, but I hope this episode really just like solidifies it for you that eating in the morning is essential, right? Like, especially if you're hungry. So many people wake up hungry in the morning and they're like, I can't eat though. But some people might not even wake up hungry in the morning, but it is still important to make sure that you are eating something within that 90 minute mark of waking up. And in general, a protein fiber and healthy fat rich breakfast, which we always talk about on this podcast. Okay. We need to take a second to talk about 
how freaking incredible these products are because I'm obsessed with them. I use them on a daily basis, multiple times a day, as is my fiance, Chris. And you know that I don't talk to you about any products unless I'm personally using them. I have tried them for a long time. I see success in them. I know what the products are made of. I know that they are high quality. I know the people behind the products. Like I am a product snob. So you know, this shit is freaking high quality if I am talking about it. And if they are a sponsor of this podcast, especially because I only want the best for you. And I know that you really value the advice that I have for you and you trust that. And I do not take that lightly. So this is why I brought on Gut Personal as a sponsor of this podcast, because they are really revolutionizing the gut health supplement industry in such a massive way because they are personalizing gut health supplements. And if you're like, Corinne, how is that even freaking possible if I'm not working with them one-on-one? The reason why or the way that they're actually doing this is that they have a personalized quiz. It's totally free that you take and it asks you a series of questions. And based off of the answers that you give in those questions, it is giving you a supplement protocol that's going to help support your specific needs. And this aren't just like random people putting this quiz together and reading and just being like, oh, let's just say it's these supplements. Like, you know, I'm not all about that. These are backed by functional registered dietitians who not only created the products, use the products, test them out, but they create the quiz. They create the answers. They know which answers are linked to what supplement. Like it is so freaking powerful. I am closely connected to the founder. She's one of my friends. So I know all about this process and it is freaking incredible. I have all my friends take this quiz. My family, I take it. My fiance took it. Like we are using all of these supplements and I have seen such a huge difference. And so many of you have been using them and telling me how much you love them as well. So I am going to tell you which ones that I am using. I use multiple. I use about five of their products right now. I'm going to talk to you specifically about two of them at this moment. And then what I would love for you to do is go to gutpersonal.com slash Corinne and take the free personalized quiz. Because if you have the ability to find out what supplements are going to be best for you, like, and have a unique approach to your specific gut, like why wouldn't we do that? Right. Plus you get a sweet discount using the code Corinne, which is the cherry on top. Okay. So the two products I want to talk to you about right now are the vitamin D3 drops and the soother because these two, of, of course you already or already know that I use the miracle worker as well, but I want to talk to you about the vitamin D3 drops and the soother. So vitamin D is essential for our immune health, for our hormones, for our fertility, for our mood, anxiety, depression, all of it. Every single human, including babies on this planet need to be taking vitamin D3, especially in the climate that we're in, in this world today with all the viruses and all that crap. Okay. And what I love about their vitamin D3 is that they also have vitamin K in it, which helps you actually absorb the vitamin D in your body. I personally like the droppers because you can, you know, customize the amount that you're getting. Some people personally like taking the capsule. I like taking the dropper because I could customize it to how much I personally need. But what I do want to point out to you is it is one drop, like one single baby drop is 1000 IUs of vitamin D, not an entire dropper full. So it goes a long way and it's really cost effective. So that's another reason why I love the droppers. So I take about five to 6,000 IUs a day, depending on my sun exposure and things like that. Same for my fiance, Chris, it, it, it fluctuates. And of course it's going to fluctuate for you based off of your, you know, blood levels and all that stuff. But I would say a bare minimum of about four, 4,000 I use a day is going to be beneficial for you. Of course, you could always work with someone or get your levels checked, but that's what I highly recommend. So highly recommend that product. 
And then the other one is the soother. And most of my clients will come to me with gut issues, right? A lot of them have gut issues and a lot of them will have leaky gut, which is when your gut has formed little holes in it where food particles and microbes and bacteria are getting out of your gut, which is not supposed to happen. Your gut is like the barrier where it's supposed to hold everything in and it goes into your bloodstream and it causes your body to attack it. It causes an autoimmune response. Like it's a whole thing. And this is going to affect your poop, your energy levels, your immune system. It's going to affect everything in your body because we need those microbes, those toxins or our food to stay in our gut. So then it forms into poop and gets it out of our body. We don't want it in our bloodstream. And the soother is a powder that helps rebuild that gut lining, especially if you're on antibiotics or even birth control or any type of medication. This is even more important for you to take. But if you have any symptoms of like bloating, digestive issues, food particles in your, in your poop, anything like that, I highly recommend the soother. I take it. My fiance takes it. But again, go take the quiz, the free personalized quiz, see what's best for you. You can head to gutpersonal.com slash Corinne. You could use code Corinne at checkout. That's C-O-R-I-N-N-E to get a sweet discount because you know, I want to help you in any way that I possibly can. And if you have any questions about any of these products, shoot me a message on Instagram at Corinne Angelica. If you're loving them, you're using them, please let me know your feedback. And I can't wait for you to try them because I know it's going to help you feel better. Now let's get back into today's episode. Now let's talk about cycle phases because you know, that's my jam. So if we are talking about the four phases of our cycle, follicular, ovulatory, luteal menstruation, your follicular and your ovulatory phases, this is when your metabolism is naturally slower, right? Your metabolism is not functioning as quickly as it is in your luteal phase. And the reason for that is because after ovulation, the act of ovulation creates the hormone progesterone that we just talked about before. And when progesterone is created, it literally increases your metabolic rate, which is also why it increases your body temperature. So when you're tracking your ovulation, you see your basal body temperature increase when progesterone is produced. That also causes your metabolic rate to increase. So when our metabolic rate is increased, it means we need more calories. We need more food. So in that luteal phase, which is the 10 to 14 days before your period, which which happens as soon as you finish ovulating, your luteal phase begins. This is when it is even more important to make sure that you are not fasting at like 15, 16, 17, 18 hours. This is where that 12 to 13 mark is even more important because not only is your metabolism quicker and you naturally need more calories, but your blood sugar is also more dysregulated. And like we talked about, your insulin is a top tier hormone, as is your cortisol. So in your luteal phase, if you're going really long without eating, those cortisol levels are getting jacked up. Your blood sugar is already more naturally dysregulated and your resting cortisol level is naturally higher in your luteal phase as well. So it is like, it's already naturally higher. Your blood sugar is already naturally dysregulated. Your metabolic rate is naturally higher. So going longer without food and fasting is just adding more to that and is not going to support you. You will notice if you pay attention to your hunger cues that you feel hungrier in the morning. You feel more hungry throughout the day during your luteal phase than you will in other phases of your cycle. Does that mean that you're never going to feel hungry in your follicular and ovulatory phase? Obviously not. Of course you are. And it totally depends on your energy levels, your activity levels, your personal, you know, bio individuality, all of that. But what is consistent among everybody is that in that luteal phase, your metabolism is quicker, your resting cortisol rate is higher, and your blood sugar is more dysregulated. So making sure that you are not going hours and hours and hours and hours in the morning without food is even more important in that luteal phase. And not just 
in the morning, but throughout the day, making sure that you're adding in an extra snack and you're not going five, six, seven hours in between meals because it is going to negatively impact your cortisol and your blood sugar, which is going to negatively impact your energy, your period, your mood, your brain fog, your weight, all of it. Okay. So making sure you're really prioritizing that in your luteal phase and then in your follicular and your ovulatory phases, this is where our metabolism is naturally slower. So you have a little bit more wiggle room where you'll notice that you could go a little bit longer without food in the morning. Does that mean that you should still do the 16 to 20 hours without food? I personally never subscribe to that. You do what's best in your body, but it does mean that you could maybe do 14 hours or 13 and a half hours and be completely fine. It means that maybe you can do a workout before you have breakfast and you're still okay because that metabolic rate is lower. Your cortisol levels aren't naturally higher. Your blood sugar is naturally more regulated. So the most important thing is to listen to your body, but you will notice if you start paying attention that you definitely aren't as hungry in that follicular and ovulatory phase, whereas in your luteal phase, you will notice that hunger increase. So the hours of fasting, you have a little bit more weight room in that follicular and ovulatory phase. So if you want to push a little bit and do the 13.5 hours or 14 hours, if max, if that what works best for you, try it out in those phases, but be super diligent about not stretching that fasting window more than those 12 to 13 hours in your luteal phase because it's not going to support you. It's not going to support your period, your hormones, your fertility, your energy, any of it. And if you are trying out fasting in any way, whether it's 12 hours, 13 hours, 14 hours, whatever you're trying to do, If you're experienced, or maybe you're someone right now who you're like, Corinne, I've been doing like 20 hour fasts or 16 hour fasts. If you are noticing any of the symptoms I'm about to list off, it's time for you to peel back on this fasting and know that it is not supporting you. So you will notice that if you are fasting and you're doing this too much and it's not supporting your body, your period can become irregular or it can completely stop. You could start having problems sleeping, falling asleep, staying asleep, anything sleep-related. You can notice changes in your metabolism or in your digestion. Maybe your digestion is starting to get all jacked up or you're feeling like your metabolism isn't as quick and we have this negative, or not negative, we have this um, fall belief that, oh, my metabolism just slows down as I get older. That's bullshit. That is not true at all. Um, Or maybe if you're feeling like your mood swings are really starting to get bad, especially before your period, you're experiencing a ton of brain fog, or maybe you're noticing that your hair and your skin looks different, whether it's drier or it's falling out more. Maybe you're noticing you're a lot colder than normal. Any of these symptoms could let you know that your cortisol is out of whack, your blood sugar dysregulation is going on, you've got maybe some thyroid issues, and fasting for too long is going to exacerbate these things. So if you're experiencing any of those symptoms, I would highly encourage you to look at your fasting window and peel it back and go back to the 12 hours from dinner to breakfast, making sure that you're having a protein, fiber, and healthy fat-rich breakfast to stabilize that blood sugar, to make your cortisol levels feel like, oh, okay, I can rest. I'm not in starvation mode. I don't have to you know, hold on to everything and jack up these levels and mess everything up. So That is what I want you to do. Your action step for this podcast today is to look at the amount of hours you're going from dinner to breakfast, see if it's working for you, see if you have any of the symptoms I just uh, listed off, and notice what phase you're in in your cycle, and just start paying attention to your hunger cues. When are you feeling most hungry? In your follicular phase, in your ovulation phase, in your luteal phase? Like What needs to shift and pay attention to it based off your cycle phase, and really start rewiring your brain around fasting in general, because I know it's something that's hard to do. 
do, especially when we have been ingrained in our head that the less we eat, the better for us, or the more hours without food, the better. Like that is not necessarily supportive, especially for reproductive aged women. So I hope this was helpful for you. If this hit home with you, I would love for you to share it with two of your friends or come tag me on Instagram, share it on your stories. Let me know this is hitting home with you. Let me know if you're connecting with this. You already freaking know I'm obsessed with you. I love hearing from you. This podcast community is my absolute favorite way to connect with you. It is my baby. I love it so much. And I just want to bring you the most potent information that is going to actually help move the needle forward for you. So I hope that you love this. I cannot wait to hear from you and I will chat with you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.